0: Today is Sunday, July 5th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman with my producer Evan Valenti, and episode 366 with Yahoo Sports NBA writer Keith Smith is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today for your exclusive sign-up bonus. Okay, everybody, welcome in another edition of Celtics Beat. you got Kaufman, our producer, Evan Valenti. You certainly know that voice. We're going to bring in Yahoo Sports NBA writer Keith Smith momentarily as well. First and foremost, though, it is July. That means the NBA is returning this month. At least that is the plan as things go right now, and that is very... I don't know, specific way of looking at it, I suppose, because all of this is just ever-changing, more and more players. It's not a large number right now, but more and more players have decided, uh, I don't know if I want to do this, Victor Oladipo being one of the most notable lately for the Pacers, which further makes the Eastern Conference and how the Celtics fare in that conference all the more interesting. But we are now, and I hope everybody had a great fourth, safe, All of that obvious stuff. Enjoy your holiday weekend. But we are right now, and let's bring in Keith, days upon... All these NBA teams descending upon the Orlando area, your area, a place where, of course, you know, you used to work at Disney for a couple decades. You're the Disney whisperer of this whole process. I would say you're our mole, except you're everybody's mole. You've giving everybody inside information on how this NBA return to Disney is going to look after you were the very first one to suggest this thing. But I got to start with this, because this is what Evan and I spent a lot of time on last week. Is this even going to happen?
1: Uh, it's a good question. I They're going to start. That, that's for sure. Whether it finishes, that's, that's what we don't know. They're, they're uh, too deep into this to not at least start it. So teams are due here in the next few days. Uh, but when they'll arrive here, they're going to do their training camp and couple uh, about three scrimmage games per team and then games right at the end of July. So they're going to at least start this and see where it goes. And question to me now is, will they be able to finish?
0: And I guess it is an aspect of trying to, you know, predict the unpredictable because a, a virus is just that. We don't know how this is going to go. We do know, and you could speak to it better than either Evan and I could. But I mean, the the cases are, have been rapidly rising in that county. I mean, it's it's uglier specifically in the Orlando County than it is in most states across the country, let alone all of Florida. So, what is the general attitude there locally as to just this happening, you know, NBA is coming in, WNBA is coming in, MLS is already there. The, the fact that all of this, it, it's a nice goal, right? We all want to have sports back. And I know economically speaking so many businesses want to return in these professional professional leagues, their business first and foremost, but from a safety, a, a health and standpoint, a health and safety standpoint is, is this the right move?
1: Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, as far as the way people care about the sports. The best way I can put it is they, they don't really care all that much. They can't go to the games, so they're not impacted by that. There, there's nothing to be gained out of it other than the small, relatively small amount of people who will be working with those sports leagues um, that are now going to be getting back to work. What They're more focused on the lifeblood of our area here in Central Florida is the theme park industry, so they're more focused on the theme parks getting open. Universal Studios, SeaWorld, they've been open for, uh, it's going on a month now. Uh, Disney opens up next week. Uh, they, they are planning to reopen their theme parks. So that's that's what people are more focused on is the getting back to work aspect. A lot of the Disney cast who have been on furlough for months and months are going to return to their jobs this coming week here uh, in anticipation of opening next week. So so that's where their focus is. As far as the cases go, yeah, it's up. And, um, you know, percentage-wise, it seems to have really kind of settled the last, let's say, three, four days, right around 15% on average so that's you know not good um, by any means but it's it's something that hopefully that will start to come back down here but it the question is going to be is that i keep saying is yes the nba bubble is as safe as they could have made it but is it safe enough that's the question that i don't know
0: well and the fact that it's not A true bubble right because yeah the players aren't allowed out and if they do leave like Gordon Hayward's a major talking point right now because the Celtics are still there in September and you know his wife Robin gives birth to their fourth child he's going to leave look to come back and he's going to be quarantined for a period of time and all the different aspects of that that you would expect but you're going to have Disney employees coming in and out of this thing and sure they won't be directly exposed to the players they'll still be keeping their distance but it's not a true bubble correct?
1: No, that's absolutely correct. It is not a true bubble. This is not everybody's locked in there. And and one of the things that we learned throughout this entire process is you can't really make it a true bubble because you are still going to have food deliveries and the like and those kind of things that come in. Now, what I was told by someone in the NBA was, if you look at it, the way it's going to work with Disney, though, is the Disney cast, other than the ones who are bringing the players food, there's going to be little to no contact between them. Um, They're really probably closer to no. The housekeeping staff, for example They're only going to do a full clean of the rooms Once a week while the players are here Really while all NBA personnel is here Not just the players And they'll only do that full clean When they're going to be out of the room For you know several hours Whether that be for practice or for a game Or the like, Disney's already setting that schedule With the NBA so that they know When they can get in there and do those room cleanings But the food service it's really not all that different from going to pick up takeout or having someone deliver food to your house. In any, in some ways, it might even be safer because what they're going to do uh, for the team meals, they're going to plate those up convention style, bring those to the dining room, leave them there, they'll get out of there, and then the players will pick up their plates when they're in, you know, come into the dining room. Then if they have room service delivered, uh, the way it works is Disney brings it, they drop it at the room, they knock on the door and let them know it's there, and then they're asking the players to wait about 30 seconds to a minute for the uh, Disney cast member to clear. And then you can pick up your food from the hall and go from there. When you're done, you just put your tray back out in the hall like you normally would. And then someone will come along and get that. And the Disney cast are being instructed. If they see the players out and about to really make sure you keep at least six feet of distance, ideally even more uh, the Disney cast will be in masks. They'll be in gloves. They, they're going to make this as close to, um, you know, no contact and safe as it can possibly be, but it is not a true bubble.
0: And, yeah, and all need, that's we need. sure Shore, right? Make it a biodome. <laughs> oh yeah, duh.
2: Please, no. I, I, all that stuff sounds good, and it seems like you know. I think as a country, we've been able to sort of sort of do this for the past couple of months, and for the most part, it's worked. But as we all know, it only takes one person, you know, transferring it, to, to and then all of a sudden, boom, you have a huge breakout. So, you know, I, I'm still a little skeptical about how it's going to go. Again, I'm hopeful it's going to go. Adam and in my talk last week, I we were just talking about how you know. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers you know july thirty first you know when the games get really going that we can actually have live sports on t v again with live basketball um but i it I'm still a little concerned if the, if there if the, the spike in your area wasn't happening keith i would i wouldn't be nearly as concerned but this the numbers and and uh, and we all know how quickly they can get out of control. You've, we've seen it all over the country, they spiral out of control almost like that. Um, if the numbers were better, I'd feel way better about this. But the, the only other part of this is like Disney's the like only place in America where this can actually happen. It's the only place where all these facilities are available to them. So I, I, I get it. We're still pushing on. I'm still a little nervous about it, still a little skeptical about it. But again, Keith, I think maybe you've helped ease my skepticism a little bit with how well <laughs> this is going to go. I don't know. I'm, I'm just hopeful, I guess, is what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, that, that's the way I keep explaining it when people ask me is I'm hopeful, you know, and, and, and I'm optimistic. And I, now whether that'll come to pass, I don't really know that that's going to be what we're going to see here. Well, what, what, what was not worrying me for a while was Orange County's numbers started to go up pretty early on. But Disney, Orange County is a pretty big county. And Disney is an extreme southwest Orange County. It actually overlaps into Osceola County. Um, But what started to worry me was there's really four counties that the Disney uh, cast members, the employees come out of, and that's Osceola, Orange, Polk, and Lake, and all four are now way up. And that's what's concerning for me is it's no longer just Orange County. Um, You know, that that would be, you know, the the equivalent when people were saying, you know, it's, uh, you know, oh, well, well, it's way up. You know, it's, it's 20 miles away from, you know, downtown Orlando to Walt Disney World. So it's, it's not very close, you know, it's, it's, it's not there. And then you still have a lot of Orange County, you know, past uh, downtown Orlando to go as well. So, so when Orange County was up, I was trying to, you know, Hey, there's all this data. You can look it up by zip codes and all these other things. Look, what is it closer to, to by Disney? Now I will say over the last uh, week, week and a half, since we've been under a mask order by our mayor, uh, people are wearing masks again. They're they're You know, I was out at Publix a couple times over the last couple of weeks that's our local grocery store here, uh, and I didn't see anybody in there without a mask on. And they had people at the front of the store giving out masks if you didn't have one and you weren't allowed in if you didn't. So, so hopefully people are, you know, getting back around to taking it a lot more serious, in that, and then hopefully that'll help bring our numbers down. But we'll really find out here in a week or so after Fourth of July, and you know, if people went to Fourth of July parties and all those kind of things, then you know it might not, may not, might not look so good here in just the next little bit.
0: I can't believe you're not wearing a mask right now while you're talking to us. It's more authentic.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's funny. I uh, Other than, you know, if I go much past my uh, mailbox at the end of the driveway, yeah. <laughs> I, I put my mask on. Um, you know, we, we take our daughter, her, her soccer team's back uh, practicing, and we, we take her to soccer practice. And um, they, they're doing it all. Um, everything is six feet apart, all the players and the coaches are. Um, So it's all a lot of individual work and those kind of things. Um, But you see the kids that wear their masks out to the field, they take them off when they start practice, they put them back on as they walk back to the cars and all the parents as we're just kind of hanging around. We are, uh, well, we're just all, you know, masked up and hanging out.
0: So for people who may not know, the schedule is out. You mentioned a a few scrimmages before, obviously, games begin on July 31st. And for the Celtics, we're rapidly approaching folks. Just a few weeks away, not even. July 24th against OKC, 5 o'clock Visa Arena. And then uh, a couple days later, the 26th against the Suns, 1.30 in the afternoon, same place. And then the arena, apparently, July 28th against the... Uh, Houston Rockets at 8 p.m. And then, of course, the 31st is when the action against the Bucks. that's when everything gets going for real, at least with eight regular season games, jockeying for seeding, and then it's on to the playoffs. And we all know Celtics are going to be a playoff team. It's just a function of whether they're that second seed, third seed, or whether things fall apart. And fourth or fifth, something like that, and we'll see. They're well-positioned based on their schedule and strength of schedule for, say, the Raptors to grab that second seed. If they're just balls to the wall, all in trying to get it. I guess what I'm thinking about here, and we mentioned this, you know, you have – Avery Bradley from the contending Lakers, you know, championship favored Lakers. He's not participating. And so J.R. Smith is in the fold now. Victor Oladipo, if the Pacers were to make any noise in the East, probably won't now because he's not going. There are going to be other players between now and over the next few days that are going to decide, you know what? This is not for me. You're seeing more and more in Major League Baseball. David Price, unsurprising to Red Sox fans, not going to participate for the Dodgers. And so Brad Stevens spoke. Everybody's healthy. Nobody's tested positive for the virus, with the exception of Marcus Smart back in March. They're, you know, it's it's a full hazmat approach. Everyone's buckling down, flying to Florida. Everyone is participating right down to two-way guys like Taco Fall and, and, and Tremont Waters. Everyone's gonna be there for the Celtics. No concerns. Jason Tatum's not skipping out due to any contract concerns. Everybody will be there. But you're connected, you're a newsbreaker. You know, you're, you're often involved, you're a must-follow on Twitter, especially around free agency, trade deadline, all that good stuff. I'm sure you've spoken to people, be it players themselves or just members of organizations. What's the attitude? What's the concern? What's the fear right now? You know, are, are players, even those who have decided, yeah, I'm going to do this, but maybe I don't feel great about it? You know, how, how, where are people at mentally right now?
1: Yeah, I think he kind of hit it there at the end. It's, it's, I'm going and I'm going to play and we'll see how it goes. That's been the approach. I've talked to a lot of players. A lot of the players are bought in. They believe that the NBA, the MBPA, and the the Disney partners have made this as safe as it can possibly be and, and I referenced it with the food you know one guy said you know even now like I can't just stay in my house all the time I have to go out and get food and those kind of things at least there someone's going to bring me the food I don't have to go out and do that and everything else I need to do is just basketball and that's going to be you know good to get back to normal and I think you've got a lot of guys who that's that's what I think they're looking for is that sense of normalcy to get back to it but what one of the coaches that I speaking with this week said is you know they put all these different deadlines and they were all never really deadlines they were all more you know these are suggested dates we want to hear you know things by and and there were a handful of you know true transaction deadlines but Victor Oladipo for example he opted out after the July 1st deadline of this is when you have to know your roster for um, Orlando what he said to me this coach was let's see who gets on the plane when it's time to go you know, yep. he goes, that's going to be the real decision point. And he said, that's when the guys who are yeah, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm good, I think I'm good with the family, my wife, my kids, all these things, you know, I think we're okay, you know, let's go. He goes, that's going to be when we'll know. And he said, we're just kind of it by the approach of we, we're we just going to go with whatever guys tell us until they tell us differently or until the plane, you know, takes off and then, you know, somebody missed it and we'll see you know, ultimately what that looks like. So, yeah, I, I think you're pro- we're probably going to get a couple more names of guys who decide, you know what, this isn't for me. Uh, For whatever those reasons may be I would not have been shocked at all if uh, Gordon Hayward had said you know I'm not I'm not going I've got you know a Young family and a pregnant wife and I'm going to have to leave you know midway through this Thing that wouldn't have surprised me at all it doesn't surprise Me on the other side that he is going to go And it's 100% the right Decision for him to leave in September and and go take care of his Family and then all plans are if they're still In it he'll come back after that But yeah we'll we'll ultimately see what that Looks like but yeah I think you're going to have a couple more guys when it comes time here in mean, really the next few days decide you know what i was all in but now that it's really time to pack up and go i think i'm going to do something different and you know sit sit this one out
2: yeah i look at so, like the victor Depot thing it wouldn't shock me if more pacers decide like hey i'm i'm out of here like you saw with some of the nets the nets had a couple of guys drop out and then all of a sudden like deandre tests positive for COVID and I think Dinwiddie did too as well, yeah. didn't he? I think he was on that yeah. list too. So all of a sudden, you know, the, the nets are decimated. And it's like, you know what? Let's not let's not go crazy here. We don't have to really do this thing. Um, you know, Kyrie's already out, uh, Durant's already out. So it's not like they're they're gonna go fully loaded here. They're already kind of banged up. Um with Indiana, they're you know, Ola Depot's the best player. Now look. That's a team that plays really hard, uh, even without Oladipo. We've seen that. You know, as 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 incredible as Victor Depot is, that still the team still plays pretty hard. Nate McMillan's done a great job uh, with that team the past couple of years. But if if Depot's out and somebody's got like a nagging injury they can't go get over, they might drop out as well. The, what you, what my focus is uh, is the real contending teams that you have in each conference. I think you have a handful in the East and a handful in the West. I don't think there's that many true contenders. If any of those guys, you know, the, the big top guys end up dropping out. Like, I mean, I, I think we all know LeBron's playing. Uh, Anthony Davis is playing. Giannis is going to play. Uh, Harden, Westbrook, all those guys are going to play. But, like, there might be some fringe guys like a Gordon Hayward. And I know, you know, Gordon may not be a fringe guy, but a guy that really takes a good team, makes it great. Some of those fringe guys might leave. And that's when you start looking at depth and saying, and you talk about the transaction thing, you can't address that. Like, you know, you can't, you know, the Celtics might be lucky. You can take out, you know, Brad Wanamaker and sub in, you know, Trey Waters and they'd be fine. But if you lose a Gordon Hayward type, that could changes the the what the Celtics look like, what they can do on both ends of the floor. And that would totally, not totally tank their chances, but it would hurt a lot. And, I, and he, the, the the weird thing is you can't blame Gordon for that at all. You can't.
1: No, yeah. And I think, you know, for the Gordon Hayward, uh, part of it too is at least the Celtics have pretty good experience getting by without him, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. And then this year as well, when he broke his hand, Um, you know, so, so they've, they've got some depth, you know, they've got, Marcus Smart is, I don't remember, what was it, stretch six he calls himself or yep. yeah. whatever it is, but, you know, is that the, the sixth man, uh, you know, kind of the sixth starter there. So, you know, you feel pretty good that you you can get by with that. The other thing is we, we know just, you know, whether this was, you know, this kind of weird, wacky way to finish the season or it was regular, you know, like through the course of the playoffs, you know, somebody rolls an ankle, somebody gets hurt. I mean, we saw the Warriors. They lost to and Thompson both in the finals last year to you know to the torn ACL and a torn Achilles. So that's you know, though those kind of things happen. And that's gonna be the tough part is, you know, well, once they're here, now there is limited uh transactions the teams can still make. If a player, you know, comes down with COVID or decides, you know what, this isn't for me now that I'm here, I'm gonna drop out. They can bring in a substitute player for them. Um once the they, they get into the uh deeper into the season it starts to become um limited. It's more like Kind of almost a pseudo 10 day Type of contract because it's guys with three years or less of service only Um, and That's just trying to maintain the competitive balance The league doesn't want you know pulling in You know some veteran who could you know maybe swing Things one way or another but yeah It's really going to test teams and that's why You know and I hope I'm not stepping On a topic here but that's why I Agree when people say there's no Asterisk on this it's you Mm -hmm. know Yeah if you get to the finals and you're playing The Lakers and half the Lakers are wiped out By coronavirus well then that's A little bit different and you feel a little bit different But nobody says the Raptors have an asterisk Because Thompson and Durant Got hurt in the finals. That's not a thing, Um, you know. And I agree with what the players and the coaches and a lot of the front office people are saying: is whoever wins this thing, they're going to have been tested in ways that no champion's ever been tested. And that's going to be you know really you know interesting to see how they pull through that. And that's going to be you know your depth and your uh, your ability, your superstars to step up. That's going to be so huge in this. And I think that's you know in, in a way, I think that's where Boston is maybe well positioned to do some things and make some noise here because they've got pretty good depth. They're they're uh, key guys are tend to be a little on the younger side, where you hope those are the guys who are going to be able to get going a little bit easier. So it is going to be interesting to see how that all plays out.
0: Let's take a quick break. Just want to tell you that, uh, of course, no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online and Sports. They're slowly making their way back. UFC, NASCAR, soccer leading the way, and of course, NBA as we are discussing. Very, very close Major League Baseball if that ends up happening as well. And Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for upcoming matches this weekend. And beyond. There's NBA Futures, Lakers plus 225 to win the championship, the Clippers plus 300, Bucks plus 325. Maybe if you're looking for value, Celtics will spend more time on this as the show moves along, plus 1200, Raptors plus 2500, even those newly healthy Sixers. And Ben Simmons is going to participate, hopefully, Joel Embiid as well, plus 2800. Just Something to think about, obviously. And if you need more, Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. So if you are looking for something else other than sports, there are options there too. Bet Online: hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device and uh, join now to receive your new welcome bonus. Start playing today. Bet Online: your online sportsbook experts. So as we're here with Keith Smith, Yahoo Sports NBA writer, let's get back to what you were just talking about because we're saying the same thing. This is going to be semantics, but here's where I'm going to disagree. There's absolutely an asterisk on this champion, but it doesn't have to mean there's an asterisk, asterisk in a bad way that this title is, you know, less than or anything like that. I, I think in, Evan and I were talking about it last week. I think it was maybe Grandy that said this to me when we were chatting a few weeks back. There's an asterisk, I hate that word, there's an asterisk only in the sense that this championship is different. You know, it is a different champ. You know, you can, can, in, in the same way that Roger Maris had the asterisk because, hey, yeah, he hit 61 homers, he broke Babe Ruth's record, but he played in more games because the seasons were longer. It was different. This is different because of everything that we've outlined to this point. All these teams descending upon Disney World and no fans, no home court advantage, no traditional setup like we are used to. It is different. It does not mean is it is in any way inferior. And you have had and you you know alluded to this. I think it was Giannis recently talked about this. Some coaches as well saying this. If anything else, you know it it might be a harder championship to win than we have ever experienced before because of the emotional will, the mental will, the psychological will, the you know, everything that goes into it beyond the physical. And the physical is is absolutely in play as well because these teams have had longer off-seasons, so to speak, than they've uh, ever had before. And they haven't been able to scrimmage or play pickup or work out directly with their individual or team trainers. The whole thing is wildly different. I would put more credence in this champ than any other, pretty much, with the exception of the fact that you might, a la, Vill- you know, Il- Oladipo again, you might have more and more guys dropping out or saying, you know, at some point along the line, uh, this isn't for me. I, I just, I can't do this. I don't really care anymore. I don't need this championship. I don't. I don't. I want to go back to home. I want to be around my family. I want to be around my friends. It's just this is not worth it. To me at this point and that's I guess that is the short of will it happen or won't it that is the biggest question that I have going into this whole process is you know how are coaches like a Brad Stevens gathering their teams and saying I hope all of you understand just how difficult this title is going to be to be to win, and how significant the, as cliches it might be in other seasons, how significant the will-to-win aspect of things comes into play this particular few months.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting uh, last week when Brad Stevens did his media availability as they were picking things back up and getting ready for the season. He said, uh, very Clearly, he said he believes the teams that are most successful in this restart are going to be the teams that can find the joy in the process, and the teams that have grit, and the teams that stay together for the entire time. And, and those are, you know, those, those are things we know, Brad says those kind of things a lot, um, but I think in this time that this is really, you know, more true than ever, uh, where I think, you know, for him, this is very much a, uh, a sense of, you know, we've, we're we only going to get through this together, you know, if we do this as a unit and, you know, this is our chance to kind of, you know, go down there and get it done and that's that's been the number one thing, you know, my takeaway with players, how many of them believe, you know, this might be my chance at a championship. There's no Warriors inevitability hanging over this year. Um, You know, multiple teams felt like if things broke their way that they could get it done anyway. And now, you know, talking to players, I think they feel even better about that. A couple Eastern Conference guys told me, not Celtics, I will qualify with that, um, from other teams, but said, we don't have to go through Milwaukee. Now, we have to go through them as a team, but we don't have to go play there. We don't have to go play in Toronto you know, which is a really difficult place to get wins. And I think guys are looking at it as, you know, this is my chance. And I think that's why, you know, beyond the financial reasons, which are huge and we know that's a major driver here for guys to participate. But beyond those, that's why I think a lot of these players are, you know, I'm ready to go. let's go do this. Because I think, you know, we we know guys play for, you know, generally two reasons. It's, you know, to make a lot of money and to win. And, you know, by going, you're going to make your money and you're going to have a really good shot at winning some games.
2: Yeah, I love how Brad keeps things in perspective. He always does. He always finds, like, the perfect way to phrase something to really hit you, like, where it needs to hit you. Uh, that's one of the most – like, one of the best things about Brad is his, his perspective on just everything in general, whether it's life, whether it's basketball and everything in between. Like, I I, I love listening to him talk. I really do. And, it, and what he said was, I think – we and Adam and I talked about this a lot on the show last week, like, the teams that are mentally tough, the teams that like a team that has a lot of veteran, like a LeBron, LeBron like already has, I think a bigger leg up than most people, because he's been through so much in his career. Like he, he's seen almost everything you could possibly see except for this. So since he's been through a lot, I think he has a significant, like a clear significant advantage over everybody else. This is a weird championship. There's there's no fans. There's no home court advantage Uh we haven't really played games, really, you know, in, in four months. And we give scrimmages and the little regular rest the regular season we'll finish up. But, you know, it's not the same rhythm you have coming off all the basketball you come off in the normal timeline and going right into the postseason, which can be good or can be a bad thing. Like for the Southwicks and for the, the Raptors and for the Sixers, it allows you to get healthy. But it also takes you out of rhythm a little bit. So, But the one thing I will say, you know, Daniel Tice saying the other day that Tatum didn't miss a shot the other day in practice. <laughs> Uh, that, that would make me feel very comfortable if I'm the, uh, a Celtics fan or Brad Stevens or Danny Ainge or anybody in that locker room for sure.
1: It makes you wonder what the value of actually having a basketball hoop is, you
0: know, <laughs> know, right? He doesn't miss a
1: shot. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's the key. You know, shoot less. But yeah, I you know I yeah it's it's interesting. You're know, looking at at some of the comments. Chris Middleton of the box, you know, title contender, maybe the title favorite in the league for some folks. He he came out and said, you know, I haven't touched a ball in three months, and he took a lot of heat for that. A lot of people, you know, got all over him, and I. Do, it was funny because early on, you know, especially in boston when tatum you know i don't have a hoop you know i don't think how many people fully realize like these guys a lot of them live in apartments mm. you know inside a you know in a city and there's not a hoop you know available i think everybody thinks you know nba everybody's a multi-millionaire they all have a big mansion you know and in, in a private gym well look at the horse competition mike conley was the only one who had an indoor gym you know, attached to his place that that he could get to. So I think that is, you know, um, you know, I think that was a li- little misunderstood by people because, you know, when you think about it, for for Boston, um, you know, if you're Jason Tatum, why do you need a hoop in your driveway? Whenever you need to shoot, you just go over to the Alvarado Center and get some shots up whenever you right. want. You know, and you do that. And I think that's what people you know forget. But yeah, it's it's very interesting as you talk to folks around the league. I was talking to a coach who said. Who told me, you know, yeah, the young teams, they're going to be the teams that are going to have the advantage here because they're going to come out, their legs are going to be good, they're going to hit the ground running, they're not going to need, you know, weeks and weeks of ramp up time, they're going to be ready to go. And then I had another coach tell me the very same day from a different team, I'm worried about the young teams, I just, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to be the ones, they need the fans. To lift them. They're the ones who need, you know, these things. So I I really think the, the real answer is none of us really know and we'll find out when we get there. But I, I think the one thing that I'm starting to hold to and understand is I rewatch some of the games from earlier in the year um, and then talking to folks around the league. I think the teams that have stars – they can go and create offense on their own without a lot of help. They're going to have a little bit of a leg up over others because it it's probably going to be a little bit ragged early. And if you know it, I've got this guy, throw him the ball, he's going to make something happen. I think that's going to be, you know, really, really important to get get, you know, as we get into this. And if as you look at the top teams now, that's, you know, kind of Fine find this a because those teams all have those guys generally anyway, but I think that is going to be something that's really going to be important
0: as we restart this season. So I don't know about you guys, but, uh, and, and this is a good place to build off of that comment. If this were an ordinary year, and obviously if if it were, it would be over at this point, but, <laughs> you know, looking at uh, if, if just ignore the amount of time lost and, and pick up of the season. I would be kind of taking for granted that hey, Jason Tatum's just going to continue doing what he's been doing since being named an All Star, and he's that you know efficient thirty point per guy uh, per game guy, and and of course he's going to go and, and be your number one option in the playoffs when it comes to offense. So I would be taking all that for granted, and I'd be looking at a guy like Gordon Hayward and saying he's your X factor as far as playoff success goes because. It's been an up and down time in Boston. You don't totally know what you're going to get from him. But when he's healthy, he's efficient, he's effective, he's a two-way player, blah, blah, blah. All the things that all three of us, we've discussed ad nauseum at points in the past. Given the reality that we are facing, though, where you do have what's going to be basically a five-month gap between games and four-plus months without any team workouts or anything like that, and now we are picking up where we are. Tatum is more of an X factor to me because you know Hayward you're pretty confident he's going to come in for whatever time period he's going to be there and he's going to be Gordon Hayward I know the foot's still bothering him and and that's obviously a concern that's a longer term concern as well it's you start thinking ahead to next year and and opting in on his contract but it is a concern but when it comes to success during this postseason run for Boston could there possibly be a bigger X factor than Jason Tatum? Because if he's not that guy that he was before the stoppage, what chance do they really have to succeed anyway?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think, you know, they're in a lot of ways, they're going to go as far as Tatum. And I would say to a slightly lesser extent, Jalen Brown, take them. I think those are the two key guys and that's no knock against Kemba Walker. I mean, he was an all-star, but Mm -hmm. I, I know he's saying his knee feels really good. But I still have a little bit of worries that when he, you know, really ramps this thing up and they're playing basically every other day for months on end, you know, with little break, you know, is he gonna be able to hold up to that? Is that gonna, you know, hold true that Denise stays feeling fine? And hopefully the answer is yes, and you know, he's successful there. And then really other than those three and then Gordon Hayward, the rest of the roster is you know, filled with role players, you know, very good ones, including Marcus Smart, who, you know, maybe is the best role player in the league for what he does. Um, But yeah, it's, it's for me, it's, it's going to be Tatum. And if they're going to, go deep and they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals or even you know uh, pull pull an upset and get into the NBA Finals it's going to be because Jason Tatum is you know he's that guy he was post all-star break where it felt like every every night out he was good for 30 points you know 40 points if they needed it it felt like that was the guy he was really kind of blossoming into and growing into and that's going to be you know what they're going to need to make make a deep playoff run
2: yeah, Tatum was just starting to figure out how to beat double teams and how to move the ball correctly And because it was that Lakers game, I think in L.A., where the Lakers just started doubling him, and he kind of got a little out of rhythm, and he, he, he didn't look as comfortable, but as teams started doing that more and more to him throughout that run, he started to kind of figure it out and figure out where you know, the ball needs to go and how to be effective, then you have, you know, him attacking Anthony Davis off the dribble after a double team and just making him pay for it and with a you know step back three in his face. So hmm. if he can if he can Re, not remember, but it, it sort of uh, get that rhythm back. Of okay, they came and doubled me. All right, where's you know, where did the help defense come from? That's where the ball's got to go. Just so we just to get back in that rhythm. Because look, he's going to face double teams in the playoffs. Like that's how teams are going to have to. Because if he gets hot, nobody's going to fool around, double Tatum and make somebody else beat you. Him directing traffic out of that scenario is going to be really big. I mean, it, as you break Tatum down, if he can get back to moving the ball and and figuring out how to attack doubles, then. I think you really start to unlock the real Celtics who they really can be, and if, if he can't do that, I, th- I think they're gonna they're gonna stumble a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's key for him to be able to beat those doubles and traps, and then I think for his teammates to know, all right, now we can get it back to him. You know, he he kicked it out of it, and then he relocated and got in a position where the other team can't send that help or whatever it is, and that's just all of them collectively learning that together. And that you, you were you're right, you were starting to see some glimpses of that down the stretch, you know, right before the season paused. It was it was almost like – I always think of it, the best players almost welcome those moments because then it's a chance to play playmaker. And you could see Tatum, and he's so big and long that you're not going to – unless you're trapping him, you know, with two seven-footers, he's going to be able to see whatever pass, you know, he needs to make. And now it was – you know, he was almost reading those, all right, they're coming, you know, I can set this up. And, and again, I I look back to beyond just him – Danny Ainge said at the trade deadline I didn't make a trade because our best you know acquisition will be getting everybody healthy and that's all I believe in and I think if they've got everybody out there around him it starts to make it really hard because who are you trapping off of here you're, you're not leaving Kemba you're not leaving Jalen Brown um you know Daniel Tice is a pretty good shooter he knows what he's doing when he's in and around the basket area they've got a bunch of good finishers you've got Hayward who can do stuff and and that starts to make it really hard is you know that that's where I think Tatum making the initial right read and then his teammates picking." up on the back end that that almost makes it you know really hard to make those decisions of all right we're going to do this just solely designed to get the ball out of his hands
0: where do you put the celtics in the conference right now
1: i have them behind um, milwaukee and probably about even with toronto um I, I think that they're pretty far ahead of the rest of the pack i know philly and the philly fans will you know we beat them three times and all right well you know i, I there was always guys missing. There was always something going on in those games. So that that part I'm not you know overly concerned about. But yeah, I think they're ahead of Miami and Philly. Indiana's obviously I've kind of I'm not fully disregarding them without Oladipo. But yeah, I, I think you know Milwaukee is you know I would Milwaukee's way up here. You know Boston and Toronto are pretty far behind them, but I think they're about equal in the East. I think they've proven that in their head-to-head matchups. I think their game head-to-head has the potential to be really big. Um, in the restart because that's going to kind of tell you how the rest of it goes uh, for those seeding games for the Celtics, because if they're still in a chance of, you know, all right, we can catch them and move up to the two seed, then, you know, let's make that happen. If they they don't have that chance by the time they play them, then at that point you're just really, it's about rhythm and getting ready for the playoffs as much as possible and not worried too much about the seeding.
0: This is a tough question to answer. Maybe it's something you haven't even thought about yet. I'm just kind of starting to think about it now. If, is there something that would have you say after the fact, you know what, maybe that wasn't a good idea. And I don't mean from the NBA standpoint, like rapid spread of the virus. I'm talking specifically the Celtics where, I mean, something that immediately comes to mind and and every team is facing this, but I'm trying to zero it in on Boston. You know, every team is trying to ramp back up from where they were. And obviously, guys are nowhere near game shape right now. And how could they possibly be? That is totally understandable. And you hope that come these scrimmages and into the regular season, they're going to be. And obviously, in time for the playoffs, when guys are really going to have to ramp it up, take it to that next level. You can't help but wonder, are their bodies going to be ready for that, obviously. And let's say, I don't know, hopefully this would be a worst-case scenario. Like, Kemba Walker tears his ACL is there something that has you say just as a Celtics fan or for any Celtics fan out there, you know what? Kind of wish the NBA didn't come back. Just speaking purely as a Boston fan, what would it be?
1: Yeah. Any kind of injury that knocks them out for a big chunk of next season. Cause we know this season's going to end. They're going to go away for about a month or two, and then they're going to come back and right into next year. So anything that takes one of the key guys. And I look at that as, you know, the, the four starters, uh, you know, and, and Marcus smart. Um, if, if any of those, those guys there, you know, Tatum Brown, Walker Hayward are smart. If there's going to be any, any kind of injury that's going to knock them out for, you know, significant chunk or all of next season, then that's, that's when I would, you know, worry about, especially if it was something that you could point to, it was because of the way this thing played out. If it was, you know, just, uh, I was a freak injury, like Hayward, you know, breaking his leg. That was a freak thing. And, you know, it just happened. And, you know, if that happened, you know, anything like that happened, well, then I'm not going to blame it on this, but if it's a, if it's a moment where it is, um, you know, yeah, this is, you know, fully, you know, a torn hamstring or, you know, uh, you know, something on that respect. Yeah, then I would, you know, start to say, man, that was tough. Maybe they shouldn't have done this.
2: You make the argument almost any time during sports, though. Like that, you go back to the Clay Thompson thing. The guy, you know, is playing his heart out, tore his ACL, boom, he's done. And then the Durant, you know, Durant's is a little different just because he came back from the injury too early and then just – Completely ruptured his Achilles on live television and everybody knew it as soon as they saw it. So like, I, I get the question, but you could worry about that at any point. Like if anybody mm-hmm. gets hurt in the playoffs, a lot of times like, you know, that has a huge effect for next season. I mean, yeah. Clay Thompson's out for the entire season. Uh, they're done. I mean, they're really done. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they they can not I mean, as much as, as good as Curry is, he's not going to carry them to a title by himself. It's just not going to happen, sure. you know, so like I get the question and I understand that the time off, it, it might, make uh getting injured like a little bit easier for some guys because we had that weird layoff in between that's not how they're you know not used to that their bodies aren't used to that but you could make the injury argument during the playoffs at any time and it could totally affect teams the next season i totally get it but i just it's sports isn't
0: it
1: yeah Yeah, except
0: except for the fact that obviously in sports anything can happen at any time over the course of a regular season but this is not a regular season You know, this, there truly is that debate over, should we be doing this? Should we be coming back? Should we be finishing this year? Should we be crowning a champ? Or should we be just waiting and starting next year on time in the fall? So that's, that's sort of where the question comes from. Like, I get what you're saying and you're right. You're both right. I just, you know, when there is so much uncertainty about starting in the first place, and then something cataclysmic potentially happens as it feels like it inevitably will to somebody on some team. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be, yeah, a Celtic, but like somebody, yeah, somebody is going to suffer a serious injury in this. I'd be shocked if that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. I mean, it happens every playoffs as we just, you know, Thompson, Durant. You see somebody every year in the playoffs gets hurt, and a lot of times it sometimes changes the whole course of those playoffs. I, the one thing when I really think through this is, um, you know, I look at it as I, I hope it doesn't instantly get put on always well, because of this weird, you know, fast ramp up and all that. Because I think what you're going to see is, They've got about this three-week training camp when they're down here with inclusive of those, you know, few scrimmage games. And I'm understanding the reason why they're calling them scrimmage games is because that's very much what they're going to be. There's going to be some start and stop in there. They, that's part of the reason why they're not so sure about putting any of them on TV because it's not, it's not a preseason game. It's not, it's not really going to be like that. Um, but, you know, talking to people is – it's really not all that different than if you were starting your season – you know, regularly, you, you mm-hmm. normally have about a three week training camp, uh, the Celtics, they have really switched to they're one of the teams that plays now the minimum four preseason games If they don't want to play, you know, a bunch of preseason games, everybody's gonna have these eight seeding games, the difference is you're jumping right into the um, high intensity of the playoffs, which is different, you're normally your uh, these players are so conditioned to ramp up to you know mid-April is when you're here really hitting your peak LeBron James talked about that a little bit um how different it is for him because he's you know years and years now he's conditioned his body to be at its best in mid-April and then you know mid-April it was oh we're still on shutdown you know a few more months um before we're ready to go so I think what's going to be interesting is I think there's more than enough time that guys should be in shape the really good thing is it sounds like everybody's in pretty good shape it's more you're hearing uh you know, get in basketball shape or basketball rhythm that's Mm -hmm. what you're hearing from you know players and the folks who have seen them so I think that is good too that that you know helps uh everybody you know feel I think a little bit more comfortable but you're absolutely right it's for me it's how condensed it is right into next season that's a part I think if you lose somebody to a serious injury in these playoffs for all that I think Clay Thompson maybe could have come back and played this year, especially if the Warriors were any good. Um, I think he may have. Um, I don't think you're going to see it next year because it's just it's already happening so late. You're really that injury, you know, is kind of happening at the start of what would be a normal season. And they're going to do everything they can to get back as close to possible on their regular calendar as they can.
0: The finish to this year, the start of next year, obviously unusual. The pandemic has influenced that. It may further influence that if we get kind of a round two of this thing, as a lot of people in the medical world speculate. But independent of, again, the unpredictable and just as someone who covers the NBA, and this has been floated out there for months at this point, just the idea that would you like to see the league adapt to a new Schedule, you know, the season starting around Christmas time or mid-December, whatever it is, finishing up in uh, July, August, as as opposed to obviously mid to late June. But you know, just a total adaptation alteration of the NBA schedule as we know it.
1: Yeah, I think a lot about it. Um, you know, I I go. I'm of, um, of two minds now. I spend you know a week uh, or so every year in Las Vegas for summer league anyway mm-hmm. in July. Now it'd just be you know still covering games, and then I would you know head into the. You know, presumably sometime in August or September would would be Summer League, you know, versus uh, June. So, so yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe moving the calendar makes some sense. I don't know, you know, that most people understand just how hard it's going to be. This next year, that's different because that's a reaction to what's going on and everybody knows what needs to happen. But for it to permanently be changed and Michelle Roberts of the MBPA uh, has been very vocal about this that needs to be collectively bargained and there's a bunch of players who they don't want any part of it they don't want any part of giving up their summers off they they don't want to be you know doing that uh that way and then the other piece is too which i wrote about this when i was with nbc sports is there i believe it's 22 teams share a regional sports network with a major league baseball team Um, And there is – there's about two weeks of overlap in a normal season in April uh, between the end of the regular season and then the start of the uh, baseball season. But baseball has a lot of off days in those early weeks. They've got a lot of day games in those early weeks. You get through it. If you're talking now three months of overlap, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a huge problem because you have two leagues that have – no reason to be, you know, play nice with the other league. They're going to want that. And a lot of their contracts have specific language on how often they can be moved to the opposite channel, um, you know, or the alternate channel, I guess, is a better way to put it, and those kind of things. And that's going to have to be worked out before they can figure that out. And that's assuming you can even get the players to buy off on it. I think the players buying off is easier because if you can look at them and say, hey, the ratings will go up, TV ratings will go up, contract money will go up, because they're not going against football really at all you know, that's, you know, that, that's probably an easier sell, but figuring out that regional TV contract stuff is going to be a mess. And then you know, there's part of me that wants to see it happen just because I want to see how they figure it out. You know, and I know most NBA fans will say, who cares about baseball? You know, it's a, you know, nobody watches it anymore anymore. Well, that's not true, especially in Boston. We know, you know, what, what it looks like. And for me, it's, you know, baseball is like kind of, that's the soundtrack of the spring and the summer. You put a game on and it's in the background and, you know, if you go while well, you do all your other stuff, but, but yeah, I, you know, now, for me personally, now that it's my full time job, I don't really have a real stake in when. I kind of like having the summer off because that's when my daughter's off from school. Um, yeah. You know, but as long as I still get part of the summer off with, and able to do things with her, all right, I can you know make that work. But you know, I've got a laptop, I've got a phone. You know, we'll travel. I can cover it
2: from anywhere.
0: Any parting thoughts? Huh? I'm just,
2: I'm again hopeful. I'm just hopeful. Cross my fingers. Hope this works because I, I would love to see basketball. I, I can't wait. Uh, but still, you know, part of me shakes my head a little bit. But we'll see what we can do. I'm a little, I feel a little bad about it after talking with Keith because Keith's our inside
0: man, obviously.
1: Do you oh, know man, Keith? I don't know if that makes me feel better or not. But, you know, <laughs> that's
0: a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> well, speaking of being the inside man, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Do you know yet or when do you find out if you will be in the bubble covering this thing?
1: <laughs> I will not be in the bubble. That is uh, an extreme cost. Uh, to do that, that is not anything that uh, the outlets I'm still with are going to pick up. Um, mm-hmm. But there is a second tier of access. Um, we we had to put those credentials in uh, at the end of last week. Um, so I'm hopeful I'll be there to at least cover some of the Celtics games because um, it's literally 20 minutes from my house. I can drive right over there and go cover uh, some of the games and then, then drive home. I also want to just kind of be there for the experience of a real NBA game with stakes that, that has no fans
0: mm-hmm. at it.
1: Um, so I'm very curious about that. So hopefully I'll get, you know, uh, that limited credential approved and be able to do that. But if not, I'll be, uh, as I like to say, I'll cover it from the couch. Like I usually do. That's the, uh, you know, I'm pretty used to that because I'm you know covering the Celtics from afar here in Orlando. I, I th- like to think I've gotten pretty, pretty uh, adept at covering them, um, you know, from, from the couch as best I can.
2: No, no. Well, somebody, foot, somebody, foot Keith's bill here. Let's go. Let's let somebody <laughs> step up to the plate. Let's do, let's get Keith Smith in Orlando. Like, look, this is like your baby. I feel like you have to be there. Somebody yeah. step up to the plate. I don't care who the hell it is. There's plenty of money out there. Somebody pay Keith's bill. Let's get in there. It's,
0: it's not like he luck. needs
2: a hotel or anything like right. that. You know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's figure this out. Get yeah, well, in the that's building. the problem
1: with the in the bubble is right. You've got to be in the on the campus. Um, for the dur- duration of the time, if if you're gonna do that, and and really the only difference is you get direct access to the players and coaches, like That's you true. used to have in the old days. Um, you know, wherever the, this other second tier is, you're gonna be you know up in the top rung of the arena covering the game up there, and then you're you're gonna be on Zoom with everybody else. You know, for the post game pressers, but you get a yeah, I think you're second in priority to ask questions or something like that if you're already in the arena and those kind of things. And you know, I'm also too, I like the idea of it sounds like there might be a you know uh, significant delay. Um, just because as they try to make sure the language is, is appropriate sure. for, for yeah. television. Um, you know, I also, you know, I kind of like the idea. I mean, you guys have been, you know, a million games, even when you're on, you know, on press row courtside, you still can't hear a lot. Cause it's just so loud Yeah, in the arena all the time. So I love the idea of it being like, you know, the old Orlando summer league where there's very few people in the building and you can not hear everything these guys say, man, there, there's a story to be written in there and I'd be love to be one of the ones to write it.
0: Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us here. This show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today for your exclusive sign-up bonus. Obviously, want to thank Keith Smith who has been on this thing, you know, with Disney for months on end. First person to write about it, to suggest it, and uh, you know, so we, we talk sometimes about willing things into reality, speaking them into existence. Well, that is exactly what Keith Smith has done. Uh, All that great work at uh, Yahoo Sports, other outlets, Celtics blog, among them, and Valenti producing this show, and you hear his voice often. I am Adam Kaufman. Thanks so much for being with us again. Hope you had a very happy fourth, Evan, Keith, very much uh, for you guys as well. And thank you for being part of this thing. And we'll do it again next week. Celtics beat, it's back with a vengeance in the season. The NBA, not far behind either. Lots to talk about, and by this time next week, these teams will be in Orlando, and we'll have that much more to discuss. Thanks very much.